Well, church, I thought that was fantastic. Why don't we give them one more hand? Yeah. I'm not going to name names because I'll leave someone out, but to everyone who's been involved in pulling this together, from the kids to the choir to the praise team, the instrumentalists, thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric, for your narration this morning. I'm going to preach really briefly today. Uh, you can either call this the shortest sermon that Daniel's ever preached or the longest offering introduction that he's ever given. <laughs> However you want to see it. Um, we've been given a special opportunity at North Roanoke. Uh, God has raised up a, uh, a couple in our church who uh, has just been tracking our budget and wants to see us get, get back on track in between uh, the rental revenues from our rental houses and this challenge. And if we meet this challenge, we can still meet the budget for the year. Uh, they've said, hey, we want to challenge our church in the next two Sundays between now and, the De and December 31st. Any gifts that come in, we'll match it dollar for dollar up to the first $40,000 given, which is a huge challenge, a huge task for us to try to rise and meet. And, and I want to share with you from Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Pastor Hobe preached verses 1 through 10 last week. And left off verse 11, because I wanted to preach it today to remind you that sacrificial giving and worship go hand in hand. So we're just going to jump right in uh, to verse 11 of chapter 2 in Matthew's gospel. Will you hear now the word of God? After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. From this one verse, I want to share with you three things that happen when someone leaves the domain of sin. You remember these magi were men from the east. And think about all through the Old Testament, people who sin, they end up going east. Adam and Eve sin, they leave the garden, they go east. Cain kills Abel, he has to go further east. Jonah gets mad that God wants to save the Ninevites, and he goes east of the city to have his pity party. And now all of a sudden we have men from the east coming to the king of kings. We have men who've been trapped in the domain of darkness coming to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we see three things in verse 11 that should characterize the life of anyone who's pursuing Jesus. First, vision. Second, worship. Third, sacrifice. The first thing we see in verse 11, church, is that we need to see Jesus. We need to behold Christ. Look at, look at the first part of that verse. After coming into the house, they saw the child. Now Mary was there, but there's no mention of Joseph. Maybe he's down at Texas Tavern getting a late night snack. We don't, we don't know where he is. Maybe he's out in the carpenter's shop. But the, the focus of the Magi is not on Jesus' parents, but on the child. It doesn't say they saw the child and Mary, but they saw the child with Mary. They'd come to the right house, and they have found the right child, and their focus is on the long-awaited king. The first thing I want to share with you this morning, church, just as a reminder this Christmas, is that a hallmark of saving faith is a life that is focused on Jesus. That, that when we come to church, church is principally about the living Lord Jesus Christ. We are here for Him because we have beheld Him and we want to behold Him afresh in the preaching of His Word, in the singing of songs about Him. So this morning, may we be here and maybe we be gathered as a community who recognize our need to see Jesus. Secondly, we see in verse 11 that we must worship Jesus. 
when the wise men see Jesus, it tells us they fell down and worshipped Him. Now what's interesting, the word worship means to lay down, uh, to get down. And so they, they fell down and then somehow got even lower to honor the one who is exalted above all things. David Platt summarizes what's going on in this way. These eminent men from the east, nobles from nations, are bowing down and worshiping a baby. You bow down when you are in the presence of one far superior to you, as if to say, I am low and you are high. Did you know that Jesus did not come at Christmas so that we would have something to do to brighten up our dark, lifeless winters? I mean, that's, that's a bonus, right? I love driving around and seeing the Christmas lights. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but... The reason Jesus came was to transform our cold and lifeless hearts. Throughout the Old Testament, the primary sin that we see is the sin of idolatry. The the problem is not that people are not worshiping. The problem is that people aren't worshiping rightly. The greatest need of the world is that people would worship the right one, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Israelites, Many of them missed their Savior because they were worshiping the gods of the surrounding nations, making images of God and worshiping them. And today, the names of the false gods that we are tempted to worship might have been changed. But they are just as powerless to save us from our sin and to deliver us to a hope-filled life in God. This morning, have you discovered the joy of laying your life down and lifting the only one up who can save you? This Christmas, do you know the King who is worthy of all praise and worship? If not, before we close this service, you'll have an opportunity to come and say, I need to know and to meet and bow before this King. And let me just tell you, there's nothing greater in life than belonging to the King of Kings. But finally, we see in this text a hallmark of genuine worship is that we give to this king there's there's a question right about how do i know i'm actually worshiping jesus i mean i I think i am in my heart i say that i am but how do i really know that i am and we've already seen one test are you interested in seeing yourself glorified or in seeing jesus glorified have you come to see jesus and the second qualifier that we see in verse 11 is that genuine worship of christ always leads to sacrificial giving and living for our King. We know that worship is real when it costs us something. The wise men open their treasures. They, these, this word treasures means like treasure chest. These, these coffers. So they, they've come from afar across desert terrain and they open up their treasure chest of riches and they present Him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Notice it doesn't just say they gave. It says they presented a gift. Have you ever got something that you you really thought about intentionally and you presented it to your friend or to your wife or to your family member because it it meant something. It was full of meaning. That's that's what the word present here means. that, That they are vested in what they are bringing to Jesus. The wise men brought their very best. Some early Christian pastors in the early church suggested that the Gold symbolized Jesus' royal power. That the incense used in the prayers in the temple symbolized Jesus' divinity or His deity. And that the myrrh symbolized His death. 
You recall in Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, that Jesus was offered wine mixed with myrrh. You remember that Joseph of Arimathea, when he was preparing Jesus' body, used myrrh. You see, the wise men present their gifts to Jesus because they recognize that Jesus is the gift. While they have come bearing their gifts, nothing that they could bring would compare with what Jesus had come to bring to them, which was life and life everlasting through His shed blood. In Ephesians 2.8, Paul says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This not about your own doing. It is, get this, it is the gift of God. When we recognize what we've received and what we've been given in Jesus, then we will spend our lives bringing Him gifts and presents from whatever storehouse we have. Certainly, not only financial gifts, but the gifts of our time and our sacrifice and our service and of loving our neighbor as ourself and even our enemy. Platt says this, Worship, praise, surrender, and sacrificial, the sacrificial offering of our lives are the only proper responses to the coming of our Savior. Church, we don't give to Jesus because Jesus needs our gifts. He's got everything. We give to Jesus because it's one of the gifts that He's given us to express our delight in Him, our adoration of Him, our love for Him. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Magi followed a star for hundreds of miles across desert terrain because they treasured the king that they were pursuing. How about you? Do you treasure this king? Would anything stop you from getting to him? In Revelation 21, we read about the new heavens and the new earth. The new Jerusalem comes down and heaven meets earth and Christ returns And John says this, they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, we will be at Christ's return, a part of the great ingathering of the wealth of the nations brought to our King, which means from today until the day He returns, seeing Jesus worshiping Jesus and giving the best of our lives to Jesus is the pattern of life for anyone whose name is recorded in the book of life. So I'm going to invite our ushers to come in just a moment, and I want to encourage you, church, to respond generously to the challenge that we have been presented. And if this morning you don't know this King who is worthy of your worship, may today be the day that you see Jesus, that you lay your life down before Him, and you say, take my heart and make of it whatever you will. Matthew Henry said this, Give Jesus your heart as it is, and be willing that He use it and dispose of it as He pleases. Jesus will take it. He will make it better. And you will never regret having given it to Him. Jesus will frame it to His own likeness and will give you Himself and Jesus will be yours forever. This is our great saving King. Would you bow with me? Lord Jesus, as we prepare to give You our best this morning, we recognize that it's nothing compared to what You've given to us. God, we thank You that we have life and life everlasting in Your Son. We thank You that we can see You in Your Word preached, in Your Word read, in Your Word prayed, in Your Word sung. 
God, that we, we see Jesus as we love one another as you loved us. And God, we pray now for those who will be touched by this offering. God, for the missionaries supported around the world. God, for the church planters across Virginia and throughout Puerto Rico and across the United States. God, we pray for our community and the ways we've been able to bless and invest in our community. God, that you would multiply those efforts into a harvest of souls, one for your kingdom. God, we give you praise for everything you've ever given to us, and most of all, for the gift of knowing you yourself. God, you are Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and we love and delight in your presence this morning. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.